0: Now, as I thought on that, I went back to Ephesians chapter 5, that great chapter on Christian marriage, husbands and wives, and I read these verses. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. It would be a terrible thing if your wife was married to a fool. What difficulties that would present. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise... Notice how Paul put that, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now that is the marriage chapter, and here is Peter, and he comes to the very same point. Dwell according to knowledge. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. And today we continue with our series on First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Today on husbands, husbands living with your wives in honor and in peace, being that godly husband that the Lord would have you be. And I hope that this series in First Peter 3 will encourage every wife, every husband, every family as we seek to live for the Lord here in this country in these times. There is a great pressure upon the Christian home. There are attacks from without and within, children that uh, look to the model of the world and how we need a strong, committed husband and wife team to raise children for the Lord today. So stay tuned with us as we let the Bible speak. I will just have a word for you from Mr. C.H. Spurgeon on prayer, where the Lord says, My God will hear me, Micah 7, verse 7. Mr. Spurgeon said on this that friends may be unfaithful, but the Lord will not turn away from the gracious soul. On the contrary, he will hear all its desires. The prophet says, Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. This is a wretched state of affairs, but even in such a case the best friend remains true, and we may tell him all our grief." Our wisdom is to look unto the Lord and be not, not to quarrel with men or women. If our loving appeals are disregarded by our relatives, let us wait upon God of our salvation, for he will hear us. He will hear us all the more because of the unkindness and oppression of others, and we shall soon have reason to cry, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. Because God is the living God, He can hear. Because He is the loving God, He will hear. Because He is our covenant God, He has bound Himself to hear us. If we can each one speak of Him as my God, we may with absolute certainty say, My God will hear me. Come then, O bleeding heart, and let thy sorrows tell. Out to the Lord thy God I will bow the knee in secret, an inwardly whisper, "My God, will hear me." These are wise words from the Reverend C. H. Spurgeon, pastor of Metropolitan Tabernacle, London, over a hundred years ago, and they still stand true today. On the Bible text, "God always hears." "My God will hear me," Micah seven, verse seven. Now, as mentioned, our message today is on godly husbands. And we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 3 and the verse 7. And I hope that you will stay tuned with us right through the program here today and that the Lord will draw near to minister to your own heart. Now, at the close of the program, we give all the details of our announcements, but I've been asked to give out my phone number and information a little more frequently uh, so that people have opportunity to get it down. And our website is W cloverdalefpc.ca there you'll get all the information about our programming our church ministry our magazine cds available and other details of how you may be in contact with us and also a map and directions to our church here in cloverdale now please stay tuned for our message today on first peter three seven husbands Love your wives. Our verse tonight is 1 Peter 3, verse 7. It begins with the word likewise, likewise, ye husbands. And for those who have been with us week by week, I think you'll understand that this leads us away back to chapter 2, uh, verse 21, to the example of our Lord Jesus. He submitted to the cross, he endured difficult, horrendous things to save his church, his bride, his people. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Likewise ye wives. And it's the call to submission. Then in chapter 3, verse 7, Likewise ye husbands. And again, submission to the will of God is in place here. Now men, I'm preaching to myself tonight as much as you. But this is the gospel according to Peter, not the gospel according to Ian. And I assure you that I have spent a good number of hours uh, trying to search this text to understand the mind of Peter and the word of the Lord through that apostle. Now, the key stroke of a wife's genius is her submission. We learned that last week. It's genius for a wife to submit, because as one preacher said, by submission, a wife almost always gets her way. Now, the key characteristic to the husband's role is his wisdom. If you look at verse 7, it says, likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. knowledge. And it is wisdom that will make you the husband that the Lord wants you to be. Now, as I thought on that, I went back to Ephesians chapter 5, that great chapter on Christian marriage, husbands and wives, and I read these verses. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools. It would be a terrible thing if your wife was married to a fool. What difficulties that would present. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Notice how Paul put that. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, that is the marriage chapter. And here is Peter, and he comes to the very same point. Dwell according to knowledge. Now, I was nearly entitling this message tonight Uh, of this text by Peter as abiding husbands, or I was nearly going to call it stay-at-home husbands. And you'll see what I was where I was getting that. If you were to look at verse 7 again, like ye wise ye husbands, dwell with them. Dwell with them. That's where I nearly got the title stay-at-home husbands. Or husbands that are uh Abiding husbands, that was the word that I had in my mind. So I want you to see this emphasis of Peter, dwell with them, dwell with them. It's a sad home where the husband is nearly always absent. It's a tormentuous home for the wife who very, very little sees her husband at home. Now it happens. It happens with military men. Uh, there are men who go on military missions for months at a time. And a wife is left to keep the home. It happens with businessmen who by nature of their work must travel. Um, There are political ambassadors that travel the world and so on. But you'll notice here that the will of God and men, if you're planning to get married, you've got to think about this. If you're going to take on a wife and the duties and responsibilities of a husband, it's the will of God for you to dwell with your wife. To dwell. That means that you stay home. That means that couples upon marriage will establish their own homes. This is very biblical. A man shall leave his own wife, his own uh, parents, and cleave to his own wife. He will establish his own home under a new headship under a new rule. And the husband's heart will be at home with his wife. If he has to travel, if he has to be gone, if he has to be away from home out of necessity, his heart is at home where his wife is. The wife should endeavor, of course, to make home the happiest place on earth for her husband. It should be the place where he wants to be. He's spoiled, he's taken care of, he's looked after, he is uh, treated as a king. It's the sweetest, happiest place on earth for that husband. Now, Peter felt it necessary, as he dealt with this relationship and practical responsibilities of a husband, he felt it necessary to cut against this trend of forsaking the home. When a man or husband is more in the company of others, maybe with his neighbors, maybe down the road at some guy's house, maybe at some place of entertainment, and his heart is there rather than his heart at home, then there's certainly going to be a problem. And again, that means much more than just dwelling under one roof. A husband might be at home, but you'll notice that it says, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them, that is your wife, according to knowledge. So that's going to be one-to-one time, quality time, time to build up that relationship and keep up that relationship of your marriage at home. Knitting hearts, dwelling together, not spending every minute at a computer screen or at a television screen, but growing together in Christian fellowship as husband and wife. Now, we might wonder, how does a marriage ever work at all? This one-to-one relationship which involves much time, much energy, until the day we die. You know, naturally speaking, it shouldn't work. How could you put two people in such close quarters for so long and expect them to come out the other end friends? That takes grace, and that takes the power and the help of the Lord. And undoubtedly, this is God's plan for you as a husband, And it's God's plan for every Christian home. Now, some might answer and say, well, love will make it work. You know, that biological chemistry. It'll just work. Well, it doesn't always work. And I want you to come back to this text and notice something. Peter did not say, dwell together in love. He said, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. So this is a different take from the regular, oh, love covers it all, and all you have to do is love one another. And it's very easy to get together with a husband and wife and say to them, look, just forget all your differences and love each other. Peter doesn't do that. Now, of course, love is a very important ingredient. Why would you ever marry someone if you don't love her? Why in the world would you even consider it? If you can't say that the Lord has put some vibes of real, genuine love in your heart, why would you ever make a vow to live with that person all the days of your life unless it was a purely carnal reason? But Peter's advice here, and I draw you to it, is not just love covers it all and get on with it. He has much more to say. And brethren, let's be very honest. If we cannot obey 1 Peter 3, 7, we will either not have a wife to dwell with, or we won't deserve to have the wife that does endure the unhappiness of dwelling with a man that will not fulfill the responsibilities of this text. As I looked at this verse... As I pored over the meaning of the counsel given in this verse, I see five how-tos. Now I'm probably guilty of saying that if you ever get a how-to book on marriage, burn it. Because there have to be thousands of such books, how-to. And many of them are just garbage. But if you look at this verse 7, you'll notice, Likewise ye husbands dwell with them, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I see in this text five how-tos. Number one, how to dwell with your wife according to knowledge. According to knowledge. The first foundation of a godly marriage is that you need to know each other. And of course, that's what courtship is all about. And there's all kinds of ideas of how you go about getting to know someone before you marry them. What the boundaries are, what the time involved is, and so on. But invariably, the whole idea of courtship before marriage is that you get to know the person whom you're going to marry. You would be a fool to marry a woman that you don't really know. And sometimes, young people, they go off to university, they live in on campus, and they see a girl, and all they see of that girl is on-campus life. They see her in her happy, giggly times, but they haven't really had an opportunity to observe her in her home, with her family with her siblings, with her lifelong friends, and to get to know the real person in the real situation. And that sometimes creates a difficulty. To discover the character of that person that is right for you, there is a process. It requires that you get to know that person in every which way. And you must enter marriage thinking. That's what Peter's saying here. Dwell together according to knowledge. If you don't enter into marriage thinking, if you're going into it empty-headed, just with a default, well, every man gets married, and here's an opportunity for me. I get married. You do so thoughtlessly, not according to knowledge. And the great danger is that you fall into all the wrong assumptions. One of the biggest complaints of many wives in a marriage, she will say about her husband, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't understand me. And that becomes a real big issue. And so the Apostle Peter lays great stress here upon the husband's knowledge of his wife and his thinking through how... To respond to his wife. You see, unfortunately, a lot of men don't think. They don't think. And it's not that husbands deliberately set out to hurt or deliberately set out to feel or take revenge, but it's they're just thoughtless, heedless, and they plow on doing harm. They act like a robot. No wife wants to be married to a piece of metal just a machine who doesn't understand, doesn't think it through. Now, what, are you need, what do you need to know? What do you need to take stock of? Well, I, I'm going to apply what Peter, t- Peter goes no further in that statement than saying, according to knowledge. But if you just think about it as a husband, you need to know your wife's character. You see, you're not married to a robot either. You're not married to a machine that you can just program your way. You married someone that God created. One who has a certain temperament and character. She may be an organized person or not organized. She may be fussy about details, about manners at the table, uh, the order of the home, and the appearance of things. If that's the way she is. You better know that before you marry her, too. And when you do marry her, you need to realize that you're not going to spend the rest of your life cutting against the very temperament of the person that you've married. Your wife may be bad with money or good with money. And you need to know and think this through. How am I going to make this marriage work? If I leave all the business and all the finance and all the bill paying to my wife and it ends up a mess, it'll, it'll really hurt our marriage. Or maybe she is the one who just loves to do that. And you set the terms of how you pay the bills and when you pay them and what the amount is, and you agree on that, and she gets on with it. And she finds joy in, in just keeping the budget. But you've got to know, you've got to think of how you manage your home in those areas. Some wives like to spend time alone. They like their own space. Some are much more sociable and hate to be alone and love to have friends, love to be out and about, love to uh, have friends over. Some women are talkers. Some, well, nearly all, I might say, But there are some who are not. There are some women who are great readers. They like quietness. They like time to read and research and fulfill their goals in life. Much of it alone. Some women are night owls. Don't like a scheduled, tight framework. You have to think. You have to Dwell with your wife according to knowledge. I have another list of things here. and I'm trying to make this as practical as possible. What about your wife's talents, her strong points and her weak points? Music, crafts, creative, a gardener, an animal lover, or maybe an animal hater. If you were to come home with a German shepherd dog, what would your wife think? And you never even talked to her about it. And she has grown up with this awful phobia of all dogs. And you arrive home with a German shepherd. Now that's hardly dwelling together with knowledge. Then there are your wife's stressors, the things that she worries about. Money, health, how to cover health plans and all those things. Your wife's weakness might be chocolate, or it could be something far more difficult than that. You don't put temptation in the way of someone who might stumble. You've got to dwell with your wife according to knowledge. And all of these things come into this. And man, we have to admit that sometimes, and too often, we don't think. You know, we were impromptu. We just do things. And we can say things. And it causes awful damage. Sometimes a wife's weakness is that she's prone to guilt. She takes all the blame. Some wives are the exact opposite and never feel guilt and never feel that they're the one to blame. But if the meal doesn't turn out right, if whatever the project in the home is, and it didn't turn out right, she'll blame herself. The kids go wrong. She'll blame herself. It was my fault. And when it comes to the gospel... Maybe she has difficulty getting beyond guilt and living in the assurance of her sins forgiven. Now, husband, if you're married to a wife like that, you must dwell with her according to knowledge so that you don't heap more and more guilt upon her and cause her anxiety and soul searching unnecessarily. So this is what Peter's driving at here. And I'm just trying to see how we work these things out in a practical basis. Now, that's the first how-to. We have five of these, so we better get moving. The second one, how to dwell with your wife, giving her due honor. It says, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. The word honor here means value. How to properly value your wife. Now, this could mean proper provision, physically, practically. Clothes, food, shelter, a home, transportation, all the basics of life. That if you take on a wife as the provider of the home, are you going to honor, value, provide for your wife and for your family? Your wife's not a servant. She's not a slave. Neither is she a fair-weather friend that you just turn to when you have got a bit of excess money and you can share it a little. You've got to remember her value. She was created by God just for you. If you believe, if you're a Calvinist, a Sovereignist, if you believe in the providence of God, that the day you were born, God had the very person in mind that you would one day marry. And God created your wife just for you. And now you're to honor her. Value her. How are you going to do that? Here's a few pointers. Show fondness. If you really value your wife, you will show fondness to her and about her. Show caution and gentleness. This is back now to thinking and knowledge. Show encouragement. If you really value your wife, you'll want to encourage her. You'll want her to be blossoming and uh, shining in her station in life. You will also, as a husband, from time to time, show correction with protection in mind. And you might have to say to your wife, dear, I'm afraid that this is, this is going to end up and hurt. And I think you shouldn't go there. I think you shouldn't do this. I think you shouldn't follow this course. I think you should really, really uh, take stock in what you're doing here. And you'll come alongside as a husband because you value, you honor your wife, you will not want to see her harmed. That is to value your wife. Aim to prevent hurts and strife. Maybe a husband, in his wisdom, and this is why you want a wise husband, in his wisdom will say, Now, dear, I feel that this is going to put tension between you and me. And this might cause us to have some friction and I think it would be better just to avoid this completely. That would be wisdom and that would be to value your wife. Number three You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher and we're on the air each day at this time to bring you the gospel and I trust that you will be in touch with us. Our phone number is... You'll get all the details of our website, our address, our church ministry, right coming up here in these closing announcements. But thank you for joining with us in the program today. And if I can be of any personal help, feel free to give me a call, email, or do come along to our church. May the Lord bless you, encourage you today. So again, thank you for being a part of our program, and I trust you'll stay tuned for these announcements, get pen and paper ready, take down the address, phone number, etc.,
1: You can contact us using our office number, which is 604 576 1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel.